I've talked a lot about how the logistics community on LinkedIn has really grown since COVID. I mean, think about it. We were used to networking live at conferences, and when that was taken away, the need to connect only grew stronger. And that's why a lot of those live events turned into excellent networking opportunities that we're only just now starting to reap the benefits of as we're starting to get back out to conferences. So those relationships that we established digitally, now we're able to solidify them in person. And that's why I was excited to finally meet one of those staples from that logistics community on LinkedIn, live and in person, lean sales brand ambassador, Trey Griggs. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brimley, covering how your favorite things and people get from point A to point B. In this episode, I've got Trey telling us all about how he got into the world of sales and as a former coach, what he hopes to bring to folks with all of the new content he's going to be publishing to his platforms in the coming weeks and months. Also towards the end of the show, I'm going to play Trey's first episode from his brand new daily sales and marketing podcast called Standing Out. I was pretty honored to be asked to come on as the very first guest in the history of the show. So since the first interview with Trey was done in person at the Manifest Conference, that interview lasted around eight minutes. But then the following interview, which really gets into like both of our career backstories and how we found ourselves and logistics and you know how we think about content marketing and sales and freight that's going to play immediately after the first interview so i hope you guys kind of enjoy this double dip on really the same conversation let's dive in <laughs> All right, well, um, welcome in, everybody. I am joined today for the first official test run of the YouTube studio in a box. And I've got Trey Griggs joining me for the first ever interview with my new uh, YouTube studio I in a box. I so lucky. I mean, what an honor. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not... Uh, that's uh, as far as like burying the lead. I don't want to bury the lead. But you, <laughs> uh, obviously, an extensive career in logistics. Um, you've been in the industry networking for a very long time now. Yeah. Um, it feels like, I think, forever. But we all just kind of <laughs> got connected really during COVID when that first Correct. event, yeah. sort of, a you know, that first Great Waves event, when it went from in-person to virtual, everybody kind of joined forces on LinkedIn. What was sort of that, I guess, evolution of your, uh, of your freight journey jumping into social media? Yeah, uh, I think that... I mean, I started building a network in 2019. And I think the first time that I realized that it worked was when I went to Freight Waves conference in Chicago. And I had somebody that came up to me and said, Oh, you're the guy that did that video and whatever they said. I was like, and I didn't know this person. I was like, oh, this is working. Like, nice. I need to do more of this. So in 2019, I committed to just, you know, being consistent with content and, you know, what I was learning and just sharing that. I'm a teacher and a coach by nature. So that was really comfortable to do that. And then in 2020 with the pandemic, you know, you just saw the opportunity virtual because people were now living online. They had a little more time. They weren't commuting to work like they were before. So they had extra time to consume content. And then also just selfishly, I was lonely. Like I'm an extrovert. So being without people was rough. And so I, you know, I started Word on the Street at that time. I hosted a virtual conference that I put together myself. A very small one. It wasn't anything like Freight Waves or what they did. But it was just a small one. About 15 companies decided to, to do a 30-minute webinar with me on a one-day conference type thing. And it was just more of like wanting to be with people and mm -hmm. wanting to share information, wanting to help people. Everybody was unsure about what was going to happen. 
And so just trying to create that community, that sense that we're all in this together, just I don't know, resonated with me. And so I, that's why I did. I love that because initially early on, I think a bunch of us, we were sort of extroverts as well and used to networking with people at conferences like this. And we're actually at um, over with Manifest the Future of Logistics conference. I probably should have mentioned that before. Um, but it, it was interesting to watch so many different people experiment with different content. And especially within this industry, what kind of inspirations were you getting outside of maybe the industry or within the industry that made you say, like, I, I really want to start moving forward with creating content and building that network yeah. online? Well, I think a lot of it for me goes back to being an educator by, by trade. I was a physics teacher before I ever got into logistics or sales in general. And so, you know, sharing information, sharing education, helping people be better. You know, if people ask me what my why is, you know, what your why statement is, my why statement is that people will achieve success beyond what they can imagine because they work with me. <laughs> and so that means that I'm there to help. I just want to help people become better. And so during that time, it was just a matter of like, you know, people were kind of being drawn to this information. There were a lot of people putting out great information. Cassandra Gaines was putting out great information. Chris Jolly got his start at that point. TJ Knudsen, you came on the scene and relaunched your podcast. There were so many that were putting out good information and had a kind of a different niche. You know, I'm kind of a sales marketing guy. Chris Jolly's a freight broker by trade. Cassandra's a lawyer. You have a background in media and, and broadcasting. And so we all kind of have a different little you know, shtick about us. And so it was great to see that you know, network start to come together, provide the information, and people were just drawn to it. So when people resonate with your content, it makes you want to put out more because you feel like you're helping. And so that was a huge motivation for me to can be consistent and keep putting things out. And so with your position in, in sales and marketing, with your primary focus, you've worked with great companies. Uh, Lean Solutions mm -hmm. is, is probably the biggest one. I think everybody in Freight probably knows about Lean at this point. Talk a little bit about your position there and how you helped grow that sales program. Yeah, well, Lean's a phenomenal organization. Great leadership. You know, David and Robert started it a long time ago, and they've just you know, slowly been building it. And uh, with the addition of some key people like Gina Mann, who's our VP of Marketing, and some other people, Josh Bailey's our director of sales. You know, Sergio Alvarez came in and did a lot of operations. Uh, you know, Raul Quijana, who came in and did um, you know a lot of finance for us. Like we started to put the pieces together and really take off. Um, so it was neat to see that and to see that, that that flywheel start to be created, where we had great you know, customer service. We, we provided a great product. We started doing better on messaging. We started doing better on sales process and structures and all really came together. And I was telling somebody recently that in the first eight years of Lean's existence, they got about 100 customers. In the last two years, they've gotten over 250 wow. additional customers. But a lot of it's because those pieces really started to come together. And it was exciting to see that happen where we had word of mouth. We had people reaching out to us. Now, hey, I've heard about you guys. I've been thinking about this for a while. I think the time is right. And it all is just a process of everybody working together. And Lean's just been a phenomenal organization for that. I imagine too that with the, that amount of growth, mm -hmm. that uh, building those processes in place mm -hmm. to, to help manage onboarding of new customers, is there anything that you learned particularly or it, it personally that helped you now build other other companies' sales programs? Oh yeah, I mean you know that you start to realize when you're a small company you can get away without structure, but as you grow, you really need to have some some processes mm -hmm. in place. Um, all of the management team in Colombia and our operations are all Lean Six Sigma yellow belts minimum. So we go through and we take that very seriously about process and documentation. Very, very important. And so for me, it was just a matter of learning the value of that and, and, and to really think forward, think ahead. You know, When you're in strategy, you should be thinking two and three years ahead of where you are today. So not what do I need today, but what am I going to need in six months? What am I going to need in a year from now? And start building that, start moving in that direction because it's going to be too late when you get to that point and now you're playing catch up, you're from behind. So having strategy top of mind, having people who are owning those processes and putting them in place just to make everybody's life more efficient and, and more effective 
is really critical. So it was a great process to learn to be a part of that. I've seen that before. My career started at DAT, uh, Analytics, Freight and Analytics. I think it's their name now, DAT Freight and Analytics. I started my career there and they had great processes in place. And I haven't been there in a long time, so I can't speak to it now. But, but that's where I first saw the value of the structure. And then being able to help build that at Lean was a really special experience that's just been awesome to see. And speaking of, you know, sort of building and, and, and this building your team, there's, a, I guess, a sort of a, a negative connotation when it comes to offshoring your, your talent. I, I'm a fan of offshoring. I know that some other people may have a little bit of a hesitancy towards it, especially within the freight industry. How do you sort of uh, coach some of the, the newer clients through that? Hey, you know, nearshoring, offshoring, it's eventually going to help your business grow. How do you sort of coach them through that process? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is it's really twofold. One is giving them a chance to speak with other customers who have mm-hmm. been down the road because then they can talk about best practices and why this works for us. It's one of the reasons why we do our annual mastermind event, which is coming up in three weeks in Vegas, right back here at Resorts World here in Vegas. We're bringing customers and some prospects and we're inviting them to come and just hang out together for a weekend. That's a huge part of it is letting them ask the questions. How are you utilizing this? Why did you do this? Why is this making a difference? So that's that's a key component for us is getting our prospects connected with our clients. Wow. But number two, I think is um, you know, talking about the difference between what we do versus typical outsourcing. Mm-hmm. So with typical outsourcing, you might say, hey, I need these invoices processed. And then the company would just throw anybody's at it. Right? They, they would decide who gets to do it. But our model is different in that they get to select their candidates. So it's like they're interviewing and adding to their team, but they don't have to do all the work. Our tagline is that we take the headache out of hiring and growing your team because we're doing the recruiting. We're doing the vetting. We're scheduling the interviews and making it really simple. We're taking care of the onboarding and we handle all the HR processes on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. So we truly take the headache out of hiring and growing your team. And so we talk about that. um, And that's just a part of the education for the customers to realize that these people are dedicated to you. They become a part of your organization without all the headache. You know, so you get to grow your team, get dedicated employees who are part of your morning scrums, who are part of your organization, have your email address, look like you on LinkedIn, they're part of the organization completely without the HR component wow. and all that goes along with it. When you educate on that, it, and, and, and the other part is when people come to Columbia and see it for themselves, that's when the light bulb really goes off like, this makes sense. Yeah. I should do this. South America, beautiful country. And yeah, we're, I mean, there's not too or, many places better to go for <laughs> work than Colombia. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. And so from, from that perspective, so you, you've had a great run within obviously the, the logistics and freight industry. What's coming up on the horizon for you? What are you working on right now? What are you excited about for the future? Yeah. So a lot of it is, you know, built around how can we help other companies? How can we help with their sales and marketing strategies? How can we um, just continue to grow? You know, we're, we're on a path to 10,000 employees right now. We have 6,000 done in Colombia that are assigned to our, our, um, our clients. So on a path to 10,000, 15,000, we've got some marks that we're trying to achieve. So it's just really exciting time to be in the industry and to be able to help out, especially right now with the labor crunch that's happening in America. It's so hard to find good people, committed people, uh, for, for a number of reasons. There's a lot of factors that go into that, but it's just very challenging. So it's a great time. It makes a lot of sense. And so we're just continuing to want to help as many clients as we can. That's awesome. Trey, where can folks follow more of your work? Yeah. So uh, personally on LinkedIn, they can connect with me. They can go to leangroup.com, learn more about Lean. Um, so just, you know, however they want to connect and learn more, we're, we're happy to help out. Oh, and, and real quick, one, one final note, mm-hmm. back in person for a lot of people, yeah. especially over at Manifest. So what are you looking forward to the most while at Manifest? Handshakes, yeah. <laughs> uh, handshakes, smiles, uh, meals together. You know, so many things that you know we just missed over the last two years. I mean, it was good in the fall because there were probably four or five shows that happened in the fall. So it was really good to be back and see some people at some of those events. 
Um, it's good to be back again. This one, I'm really hoping that we have more of these. I did a poll um, on my podcast, World on the Street, on Friday, just this last Friday, uh, episode 90, that I asked everybody, are in-person events more valuable now or less valuable? Because you know, when, when the pandemic started, people thought, oh, virtual events are here. They're going right. to take the place. We're not going to do in-person anymore. People are going to save money, all those kinds of things. It was interesting that two-thirds of the respondents said it's more valuable now than before the pandemic. And I think it's because people want this. Mm. They want that connection. They want to talk to people face-to-face. They want to shake hands. They want to you know, learn some, some great content and talk to other people about it. They want to go to meals and have meetings that are strategic and get everybody in one place. So it's really interesting that they're, you know, a lot of people are considering these more valuable now than prior to the pandemic. And I would agree with that. So I'm excited about that. Just being back and just seeing the energy, feeling the energy. It's, it's an exciting thing. time to be here. That's awesome. Trey, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the inaugural show for Standing Out, a daily podcast about sales, marketing, and leadership. You know, Our goal is to, um, to, to bring best practices, a little bit of entertainment, and help you improve your outcomes on both your sales, your marketing, and your leadership development. It's brought to you by Beta Consulting Group, uh, the sales and marketing strategist you never knew you wanted to learn more about uh, our unique services, go to our website at betaconsultinggroup.com. All right, now it's time to bring on our first guest. I was so excited to invite this person to be the inaugural guest because every time that I hang out with her, um, not only do I smile and laugh, but I just learned something remarkable about sales and marketing. So I'm so excited to welcome Blythe Brumleaf onto the show. Blythe, so good to have you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I was sort of just smiling like a proud parent and in, in, in backstage. I'm so excited. Anytime someone starts their own content journey, I mean, it's not really starting for you, but uh, starting a daily show is a big deal. So I'm very, very proud. Congratulations. It is. You know, when I told my wife I'm starting a daily show, she's like, every day? I'm like, yeah, every day. You know, there's so many great people out there in the sales, marketing, and leadership space with great content, um, good ideas. And I just want to highlight that, you know, and bring that to the forefront uh, and help people with those marketing and sales and leadership uh, deliverables, with their outcomes, with just improving. You know, I think that everybody should be on a journey to improve. And so I'm just super excited to do this and to have you as the first guest. It's just a thrill. Well, well, thank you so much. I feel honored. I mean, it, it, it's awesome to be here. It's awesome to watch the growth of, you know, the Word on the Street show. And then now this is moving into a daily thing. Are you still going to be doing Word on the Street too? I guess you'll probably. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, like, I don't know how that thing keeps going, but people keep showing up every week. I remember last year at Christmas, uh, Christmas fell on a Friday on uh, in 2020. I think in 2020, it fell on a Friday. And so I was like, all right, guys, we're going to take the rest of the year off because Christmas is on that. New Year's Eve would be on a Friday. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you guys would show up on Christmas? Like, aren't you supposed to be with your families? And they, you know, just kept saying things like, uh, no, 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 we, I'm gonna be with my family all day. Like, I'd really like to uh, just get a break. And so we said, okay. So we literally had word on the street on Christmas day. And so I don't know, it's going to keep going. It's a, it's a blast, great content focused on transportation. So, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's really good. Jace, uh, absolutely. You guys are family members. The people that watch the people on the show, they are family members. So Absolutely. Got to do that. Shout out to Justin Shepard in the comments. Thanks for everybody for showing up. Nice having people dropping in and seeing that. So it's really good. So Blythe, what's, I mean, what's going on? What's new? What's, what's happening in your world? Oh, what's happening in my world is really just a lot of the same old stuff. Um, not really the same old stuff, just continuing to find, you know, new stories to tell. Um, obviously I host, uh, cyberly every Thursday on, on freight waves. And then in addition to that, I also run a web design and, and marketing business, which helping companies get online, freight companies in particular, get online and grow. Um, so focusing in those two areas has me pretty busy, uh, but not busy enough to where I can't have conversations like this. 
I love it. And you're always so approachable, which is just excellent. And congratulations on the Cyberly Show Thanks and so Digital much. Dispatch. There's so many cool things out there. By the way, real quick, before we forget, what is the website for Digital Dispatch for people to learn more about that? Let's get that sure. out of the way. Uh, digitaldispatch.io. That's where I put all my content, all of my resources. So everything that you will find, you know, that I'm creating and publishing, there's likely an episode tied to it. So I have everything listed, you know, search by topic right on that digitaldispatch.io website. So appreciate you, you letting me give a shout out to that. Um, I put a lot of hard work and energy and money into it. And, and I, I know, cause you know. you know, when we met, we probably <laughs> met what about a year and a half ago, it was actually through the pandemic, which that's the silver lining of everything is that the pandemic allowed people who wouldn't normally run into each other to actually actually connect and form, you know, friendships that have lasted, which is tremendous. And I remember when you first started talking about digital dispatch and what you wanted to do there. So it was neat for me to see you bring that to fruition as well. Very, very exciting. Thank you. I mean, I, I think it started off as like anytime you start off as an entrepreneur and you, and you found a company, it's it's really nerve wracking because it's like, well, where am I going to get that first check from? And then once you that anxiety kind of subsides, then that's I, that for me was when I found sort of my true calling, my true voice, um, especially focusing on the world of logistics, because it, before it was it was really just focusing on, you know, whoever trusts me enough to give me a, a check to handle their, their website and their marketing needs. But outside of that, that's when I really was able to start really honing in on my audience. And and, and for folks who, who may not know, I've, I've been in freight for more than 10 years, started off as an executive assistant. And then after I was an executive assistant, uh, that company unfortunately closed down. I handled all of their marketing. Um, so went into the world of you know sports radio, uh, magazine publishing, spent some time there, and then um, got into back into logistics, working for a 4PL, handling their marketing before I finally said, okay, it, it, it's, it's time to go out on my own. Yeah, I think you've had the most creative career path of about anybody <laughs> in transportation, you know, having been that to then sportscaster, sports reporting and stuff like that, and then back into transportation. You're one of the few that got in, was able to get out and somehow came back in, which is pretty rare uh, from a transportation perspective. It seems like once you're in transportation, you're kind of you're kind of stuck. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I always had like freelance clients during that time. But for those who've never worked in sports radio, I mean, you are a Lots of people want to work in in sports radio and lots of people want to work in creating content in sports. And so you are a little fish in a enormous ocean. So it's it's difficult to stand out at times and the pay isn't that great. And if you wanted to move up, you would have to move to a bigger city where there's more than one pro sports team. And since I'm a Jaguars fan, you could argue that maybe Jacksonville doesn't have a, a, a full sports team. Um, so it's one not of those a professional things. one, at least, right? <laughs> well, not yet, not yet. Um, we're 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 working on it. There's that's only right. one way to go and that's up, um, hopefully. Uh, but outside of that, it really just turned into a situation where it, it, the pay just wasn't the best. The The longevity of working in sports, the traditional model of, you know, going to ESPN and working, you know, sideline reporter, it, it was some, something that I just never thought that I could see myself doing for the foreseeable future. And it was, I, I didn't want to move away from Jacksonville. The pay wasn't that great. The job security wasn't that great. Um, and I had still had some logistics clients that I was working on a, on a, as a freelance basis. So I said, well, this is where my skills are needed. I have skills in, you know, media and broadcasting and creating content. And these skills are still desperately needed in this industry that I essentially grew up in. I was 25 when I started working as an executive assistant um, to a former truck driver that became CEO and company owner. So I had the the absolute pleasure of, of learning firsthand of how to run, a, you know, a hundred million plus uh, yeah, it was $140 million revenue uh, logistics company. And all of the marketing was my responsibility. So it was really like a trial by fire. And I've loved it ever since. 
Yeah, and this industry definitely needs that. They need the more con- you know, content-driven, messaging-focused personalities and, and, and uh, talent in the industry for sure. And by the way, you've got a friend in Justin Shepard who said, go Jags. So yeah. you're, not, you're not alone in that. I know when you come on the show and we're in the street, we give you a hard time because you're a loyal Jags fan. I, I can appreciate that. It's so funny. I have to say, like, you know, when August rolls around, we start to see Blythe commenting on Twitter and LinkedIn about the Jags upcoming season. There's hope in the air. Hope springs eternal. And then by like, November, October, November, and oh, eh, starts the September. earlier. September so is last, year was lost. Se- last year was September, but you know, it's uh, it's kind of funny to see that journey that you're on in that regard. Um, yeah, you can see my emotional journey from um, hope to frustration <laughs> to grief, and then to just completely uh, just agnostic. Just just don't even care That's right. anymore. That's right. Well, in this show, I want to focus specific. And we could talk. We talk about this off off camera. We could talk about a ton of marketing things. I mean, you you seem to be a guru in every specific category of marketing, in my opinion. But let's focus in on uh, on podcasting today. I want to really focus on that because I know that you've. Um, pushed all in on that. When you got back into it, I think you were blogging and you went podcasting. Now you're doing Cyberly. And as we're going to talk about later, you got the portable podcast studio. So talk a little bit about you know why you chose podcasting as the avenue when you entered back in transportation and wanted to establish yourself. Well, I actually entered podcasting back in 2014. I was working in sports broadcasting. I wanted to do more in sports broadcasting. I wanted to create more content. Um, but as the as with it, you know, I guess any kind of network battle or not, I wouldn't necessarily call it a battle, but you always want more airtime. And when you want more airtime and you don't get it, you get frustrated and you want to be able to talk about different topics um, within the sports world. And I wasn't getting that in my current or that current role. So that's when I started podcasting. And that's when I started doing three shows a week on my own, in addition to sports radio broadcasting. Um, So that's really what got my feet wet in the world of podcasting was just a stubbornness to to want to create more content and talk about more things. Uh, So I did that for a while. And that was the first I tried to transition that podcast from a sports and entertainment lens to a logistics and business lens, but I I just didn't feel like it was going to work long-term. So I retired that podcast, picked out my favorite six episodes, and I said, okay, I'm going to start a digital digital dispatch podcast. And so I picked my favorite six episodes from like the previous like 200 episodes that I had done. And that's what I chose as my launch content for digital dispatch. Because I think that there are a lot of parallels with, with sports storytelling. I think sports in general are the greatest storytelling on the face of the earth and the history of, of mankind. And so taking some of those motivational stories from sports and using them as my launch episodes, that was really important for me for, for Digital Dispatch. And so I did that in 2019. No, 2020. I did it in 2020. And so I did it in 2020. And then it was a few months later that I started guest co-hosting with um, Kevin Hill on Put That Coffee Down over on Freight Waves. And then after that, it was kind of like I get, I think, my trial run. And then they offered uh, me a show. So that's when I started uh, creating the Cyberly Show. And that show, I take a lot of those clips. I put those clips on my own podcast and talk about it you know, in greater detail. And then I also will put those clips out on social media. So I really try to prioritize one long form piece of content like what we're doing here. And then the distribution of that by splitting that into smaller digestible chunks and then putting that information out into podcasting, into email, into my website, into social media. So it's really, it starts, my whole marketing strategy starts with long form video podcasts. 
Yeah. And, and I can tell just from listening to you, the intentionality that went into your planning. You're very much a planner. You see the, the whole vision, but I want to encourage guests. You don't have to go that route. Uh, for example, I was talking to somebody last week and said, I'm going to do a daily podcast. And I literally started last week preparing for this. Nice. <laughs> so it was way different than, uh, you know, than what, what you might've, might've experienced otherwise, what other people might, might've seen. So you don't have to have it all figured out to, mm-hmm. to do that, but you did. And why'd you do that? Well, I I don't think you ever have it all figured out before you launch, but I was also very intentional because I had already launched a podcast before. So by launching that podcast before that gave me a a good, you know, sort of gauge of, of, of what's working and what isn't. And that's ultimately why I chose to retire that sports entertainment podcast, because I'm trying to build up a logistics B2B marketing audience, a supply chain audience. That's what I'm trying to build with Digital Dispatch Podcast. And and I didn't want it to be too confusing. Well, is she still into sports? Is she still into, you know, logistics? How do these two, you know, work together? I wanted a, a clear line of differentiation from from the two. And so I think having those launch episodes really helps me not only with the initial launch because I'm saying I'm telling people, "Hey, I I've launched a new show and, you know, maybe they check out one episode, but if they checked out that one episode and I didn't have anything else that they could listen to, I felt like I was missing out on an opportunity to, to gather more time and attention and trust. So I really wanted to give folks, you know, at least six episodes that, Hey, you can choose from. And if you like one episode, then you might like this other one. And so that that's where the intentional part came from it, but only because I had done, you know, years, I mean, 20, 2014, I can't do the math right now. What is that? Eight years of doing podcasting. And I've been creating content on the internet since 2007. But it's it's interesting to watch the evolution of a lot of creators online. They start with the written word and then they get into radio podcasting and then they get into video. Luckily, we live in a world now where we can really start with video and then it and now it's kind of a reverse of that where you start with video, you can get the audio from that video and use it as a podcast. Then you can transcribe the episode and you can use that as a blog post. And then that those are text and co- uh, copy uh, for your future social media posts. And so I think that thinking about it from that lens is using your initial, wherever you're going to create this long form content, using video as your first stop, I think solves a lot of problems down chain. Without a doubt. And it's amazing because like you said, you know, if you, if you start with video, you get all the other content that comes with it. Plus you can put some smaller clips in to put out on social and you can, you can come almost re- reverse engineer what it used to be to where now it's, it's like that. And you know, your intentionality is so cool to see. I think a little bit of planning goes into it, but I think the most important thing is to start, is to get started. And I, I heard this one time, and this made a lot of sense to me. I heard somebody once say 90%, but in the market is better than 100% not in the market. So it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, right from the get go. You're going to have some issues. You're going to learn along the way. You might have some technical problems that you got to work out or, you know, graphic design, things you got to figure out. But as long as you get started and get out there with your message and your voice, that's the most important part. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. If you waited until something is perfect, you've waited too long. And I, I, I think that with a lot of of a lot of folks, they they think about getting started and then they get overwhelmed with all of the things that you have to learn from lighting to cameras to microphones to what software you're going to use. When in reality, all you need to get started is a $20 lapel microphone off Amazon 
and your cell phone. Your cell phone camera is incredibly powerful and it can be used as the basis for your entire marketing. You set the phone up, you hit record, and then you can worry about fine tuning and making those small improvements at a later date. If you go back and watch some of my old YouTube videos or, or watch some of, you know, my, my early, even a year ago for my cyberly shows, it's drastically different. I've, I've been able to upgrade the camera. I've been able to upgrade my lighting and, and even my computer and my internet and my internet speeds, like all of those things take time to fine tune and, and update. But I think for a lot of folks, All you need to do is start with your cell phone, start with a little microphone, and then just make sure that you're focusing on the messaging and listening. I think that's also one key point is the listening aspect is what a lot of folks miss out on. What are your customers talking about? What are are problems that they're dealing with? Can your company solve those problems for them? And then what questions come up during those conversations that your sales team is having, not only with your current customers, but also with your prospects too? What conversations and what questions are being asked from those? And then that can fuel your, your future marketing as well. And like I said, if you have those conversations, you prioritize that listening first, then you can use your cell phone and a little microphone and speak on it. Okay. So we got to pause for a minute because that was gold right there. I want to back up and talk about that for a minute because this is an area that I'm passionate about. I know you are as well, but a lot of companies miss out on that. And the the key is sales and marketing is one department. It's one group of people that are driving revenue with two kind of different or distinct paths to do that. But one thing that you just said that a lot of companies don't do is they don't talk to each other. So having their marketing team, asking their sales team, what are you hearing? What objections are you hearing? What's working? What's not working? What's happening in the marketplace? What are you hearing is on the ground level with customers because sometimes that can become your best marketing content. Not only that, but asking your existing customers, why did you choose to use us? Why do you continue to use us? Because whatever those value propositions are for that customer in terms of why they started and why they continue is why a prospect is going to work with you as well. And so working with the sales team and working with your customers to create content is just genius. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, I think over the last couple of years, we've seen a dramatic shift in how buyers buy. And a lot of the control, I would say probably 90% of the control is in the buyer's hands. Mm-hmm. They're asking their friends, who do they trust as far as a trusted vendor? Where are they getting their information from? Where are they hanging out online at? They, they know all of these different insights before they ever pick up the phone and convert with you. And so from a marketing standpoint, it's your job to educate that potential person about what problems they may be experiencing, what problems that they they don't even know exist yet that they're currently experiencing. And then being able to not only prioritize those conversations on a one-time basis, but a regular basis. So then that way you're always ahead of the curve because those conversations that you have from a, a customer standpoint can also fuel the rest of your marketing. So the content that you're going to be creating, the website copy that you use, the social media messages that, that you push out. And then once those buyers are used to, or those potential buyers are used to seeing your messaging and realizing the problems that you're solving for your audience and that you can speak to, they developed an affinity and they develop a trust with you. And so then that way, from that lens, when they're ready to buy, they come to you. They don't go to Google and search for a solution. They know what you do. They know what services and problems you solve. And so they go directly to you and they convert. You know, I I think for a lot of companies, the way that they have their sort of modern, uh, well, I wouldn't say modern, but the way that they have their their sales and their marketing teams split up, that's how it is at a lot of companies. And I would argue that it should 
you should definitely let your marketers do the marketing, but your sales team should also be qualified enough that when somebody is picking up the phone or reaching out because they're ready to buy, it shouldn't be somebody that's on sort of a low level. They've been there for a month. It should be somebody that's incredibly knowledgeable because the buyer is already knowledgeable. Well, and I don't know what that percentage would be. I mean, you said 90%. I would almost you know echo that not, not only 90% have are in the driver's seat, but that percentage probably already comes having already made the decision to buy. You know, they don't, they don't come in like it used 20 years ago. They'd see an advertisement. They'd call the sales team to learn about mm-hmm. the product and how to fix it. Now they already know what the product does for the most part, especially if the marketing team does the job, right? So sales teams need to change their strategies as well. When they get a phone call, they need to find the intent of the buyer. Like how far along in the process are they? It's not good to assume that they don't know anything because they all, they already know a lot, you know, and that changes the whole game a little bit, but marketing plays a huge role in that. And those teams talking together, I just want to drive that point home. That is so critical that your marketing and sales teams are talking to each other and learning from each other um, because that, that, that information is gold. Absolutely. And if uh, if you can set it up this way, being the marketer that is the first line of, of sort of, I guess, defense, whenever somebody does reach out, maybe they've seen some messaging online and, and they pick up the phone in order to give your company a call, having the marketer be able to answer some of those questions, I think is really valuable because then as a marketer, you can also ask, well, how did you hear about us? What was the catalyst that made you finally pick up the phone in order to call us? Having those different trigger points then will help your marketing out infinitely in the future. And then you can, as a marketer, you'll be able to say, I've got the best person that'll be able to answer the rest of your questions. Let me go ahead and transfer them over to you. And let's be honest, I've been in sales for about 12 years now. Those questions you forget to ask as a salesperson because you're just trying to get to you know the meat of the conversation and then close them. So oftentimes you forget about How'd you hear about us or what, what, what caused you to call us or to reach out to us? And it's almost like, you know, we're not going to talk about this today, but having a lead qualification team is really critical from a sales and marketing perspective, because it's that middleman that takes that phone call, asks those questions, and then puts that prospect in touch with the right person on the sales team to handle it. So um, we'll talk, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother show. So we'll, we'll move past. Let me get back to podcasting real quick. So we've seen this evolution that you talked about earlier with Chris Jolly, you know, he's, he's upgraded his, uh, you know, background. Now he's got the neon light and better microphones. He's fancy but, he's, now. but he started in the corner of his bedroom. I literally visited him in Phoenix and got to hang out with him and saw his setup in the corner of his bedroom. Um, just starting to, to work and do that. It's so neat to see that happen. Uh, I have a light now. I didn't have a light before. So now a light. So I'm slowly kind of upgrading a little bit, but you just got to get started. And I have Mm -hmm. to confess something real quick. When, before you came on to, into the studio today, I realized that the background was not good for, uh, for this. So I literally created this background standing out a daily. I created that five minutes before you jumped on. Nice. So you literally just learn as you go. You just yep. figure it out. So that's the the license to everybody is don't wait for perfect. Just get started. And here's the next question. Some people will say, there's so many voices out there. There's so much content already out there. Who wants to hear from me? What would you say to somebody who doubts that their voice and their message needs to be out there? I would say that, that you're seriously underestimating the, the the power of your own personal brand as far as the the, the marketing is concerned with your own company. I, I I think that it's it can be challenging to come up with ideas for for content, but once you start paying attention to it, the ideas just 
flow. And I think for, for a lot of folks, it's almost like that, that fear from that's keeping them from getting started because there's so many different ways to have the same conversation. You know, here mm-hmm. we are talking about marketing and sales. It's dra- dramatically changed over the last couple of years. And so all of the content that, you know, marketing advice and tips that were created two years ago are essentially worthless. The software that was created 10 years ago in order to measure right. the effectiveness of marketing is practically worthless. And so a lot of these different strategies and tools evolve. And so thinking of it from that lens, like your services are going to evolve, your products are going to evolve. And that's what you can shed light on because no one else can be you. No one else can talk about the things that you know about. And and at the end of the day, people do business with people. And so just knowing that you're not going to be perfect when you first start, but the goal is to start with listening first, and then you can incrementally get better as, as you move forward forward in your journey. But I I think just starting off with those two things in mind, you're going, even if the, your show only gets, you know, maybe like two downloads after the first episode, who cares? Because what led you there is the listening of your customers. That's going to really drive the rest of your ship. When I, I, I say like these customer conversations are incredibly important and keeping track of those questions that your, your prospects and your customers are asking right now, the concerns that they're dealing with right now are a gold mine and not a lot of companies are doing it. And if you do start, doing it, a lot of these companies will quit quit after a couple of months because they're not seeing the immediate ROI from it. But if you just keep at it, I, I looked at my graph the other day and I, I, I was going to share this on LinkedIn, but I, I, my podcast numbers graph and the first six months of it is pretty, pretty steady. But over the last six months, it has shot up. That's right. And it's that that hockey stick growth that you only see if you stick with it. You're not mm-hmm. going to get better at something if you only try it, you know, for a couple of months. That is that goes without saying for everything in our lives. Um, every sport that somebody has ever played, every you know, instrument that you have tried to to play, that it all of these different things, if you quit after two months, you get what you put into it. Yeah, it's, man, it's such, um, there's so much there, so many good nuggets just there alone, but definitely starting when I love what you said right there the most was nobody can be you, like you're going to be authentically you. And I remember when I first started just putting content out there, a lot of times it was things I was learning, you know, I would learn something and I would think, well, if, if I learned from this, then certainly somebody else might be able to learn from it as well. And you start to see what resonates with people and who starts to you know, kind of think alike. People are very kind of, you know, uh, tribal in that way in terms of they want to be with people that think the same way that they do. And it really starts to create awareness, creates a crowd, creates audience. And that audience can then be, you know, used to learn so many good things, learn what's happening in the marketplace and have content to to talk about. So uh, I'm with you. Just, they got to start, right? Don't be afraid to start. There's not enough voices. In fact, I'm, there are definitely not enough voices in transportation no. and logistics, but in sales and marketing, pushing it forward. So there's, there's a lot so, of There's so much opportunity to, as far as from a marketing lens, because a lot of these companies out here are outsourcing their initial content creation and they're not prioritizing the leadership within their own organization to, to seize control of the messaging. They're outsourcing, you know, like 20 SEO blog articles and, and hoping that that's going to develop trust and affinity. And that just doesn't work anymore. That may have worked five years ago, 10 years ago. It doesn't work in the present day of marketing. You might get some traffic from it. I've experimented with, with SEO blog posts in the past, some that do very well even to this day, but it just doesn't translate like creating content, putting your face on camera, speaking about subjects that you know are important, 
because you've done the listening first and you continue to do the listening. And there's a reason that TikTok and Instagram are the fastest growing social media platforms right now because people want to watch videos. They want to watch people. They want to watch mm-hmm. authentic moments with people. And that's, you know, that's what uh, what video allows you to do. Blogs are still important. It's still good to have those in certain, in certain ways. But man, the video really trumps that in many ways in terms of the reach, in terms of the connection, the emotional connection that you have. So I uh, couldn't agree more with you on that. Yeah, well, listen, if you before- compare both yeah, together, that that's, yes. that's the ultimate sort of, you know, I guess gold at the end of the rainbow is if you start with the video and then you have, because a lot of people, whenever they're watching video on LinkedIn, on Instagram, TikTok, they're watching without the audio on because they could be in a different setting. They could be, you know, checking their phone in the grocery line or in the bank line or, you know, wherever they're else they're at. And so having captions, having a transcript to go along with yes. that video is insanely important. Huge. No, absolutely. These are good tips. All right. So before I let you go here, we got about three more minutes left. I want to okay. take a moment to look at this portable podcast studio and have you talk about that. How did you find this? What led you to do this? Talk a little bit about what this is. Sure. So uh, this is a a podcast or a YouTube studio in a box. I found this after I went to my first conferences since, you know, I guess, quote unquote, post COVID. So I went to my first conferences and I was carrying around all of this equipment. And it was really, really challenging to go from your hotel room (laughs) to the conference area, which sometimes can be like a mile long. So I was struggling with that. And so after I faced storage issues, I I, I faced Wi-Fi upload issues, uh, speed time. I had all of these issues when I scheduled interviews on site that I couldn't fulfill those interviews to the best of my ability because of these hangups. So I found this this YouTuber called DLSR um, YouTube or something like that, DLSR uh, video shooter on YouTube. He had made this box and I said, I could do that. And so I went out after Christmas. I asked for some of the things for Christmas and then I funded the rest of it um, from my content creation journey. And so I built this over the holiday break. You can see on the right-hand side, there are three Rode mics. They're the wireless microphones. One of them is a receiver. The other two will clip on yourself or a guest. Then you have the camera in the middle that's adjustable height-wise. It can, you can also turn it around. There's a light on the top of it. And then to the left is the LCD screen, which will allow you the ability to see yourself on camera to make sure that you're getting a good shot. Um, and then all of it will fold into the that box. It also has the the battery. You can do it battery storage or by plugging it in directly to a power source. Yeah, it's amazing. And be sure to use the light. <laughs> That's what we learned. <laughs> yes. See, this is all about the learning. We did the first one I think you had with this box and we didn't use the light and we were like, oh man, that would have been would have been better. So the light works really well. And, and it also to- plugs directly into a, a, Pelican, a, a Pelican carry-on suitcase. So I can oh, roll nice. this around with me wherever I go. It's incredibly lightweight and I, I have it with me you know, at all times at events. Yeah, very cool. So if you see Blythe at an event coming up, which I'm sure she's going to be at some here in, in the near future, if you see her and you see this case, uh, check it out, have her show it to you. It's really cool. But that's like, that's the evolution. Like that's where you've gotten now is the ability to do portable podcasting. But I would just say, don't wait uh, to get started with that. Like just get started with whatever you got. If you have a phone, Absolutely. that's it. Just get started. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Blythe, listen, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, before I go, I'm going to make a few announcements. The first one is that tomorrow, your good friend and my good friend, Kyle McNaught, uh, who's with Five Tool Productions? He's going to be on the show. We're going to be yeah. talking about video production and and uh, moving that direction. And just a neat guy. He likes to always throw a few jabs in there. So I can't wait to <laughs> to get a chance to be with him. Uh, uh, he's going to be great. So make sure you guys come back tomorrow. Those who are watching, come back to ten thirty a.m. Central tomorrow to listen to Kyle McNaught and Blythe again. Just awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. And I know we didn't get a chance to to dive into it too much, but Beta Consulting Group, congratulations on on everything you've got going on there. Um, Looks like you're going to be offering some cool things in the future. 
You know, trying to offer some niche things, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to help uh, CEOs really become the brand ambassador, the voice in the face that they that they need to be for their company. I uh, feel like that's a, a part that's missing in a lot of marketing strategies is the voice. I mean, when you think of Apple, who do you think of? When you think of Tesla, who do you think of, right? You think of Elon Musk. You, like you, you create an emotional attachment to a brand in a way that it's just irreplaceable. So I want to help out with that. I think I'm going to be offering some MC services, which I love to do that, uh, as well as just you know, general consulting for sales and marketing strategies strategies, a few other products and services, which can be found on my website, betaconsultinggroup.com. And also while we're talking about announcements, if you don't mind, we've got a couple of things. So first of all, if you haven't seen Word on the Street, come to uh, check it out on Fridays at noon. Uh, some incredible transportation professionals. We've got uh, a large award from Freight Vaughn is going to be on there this week. But I also want to tell everybody this. So, so if you haven't watched Word on the Street, you probably haven't heard about this, but we are having the first, uh, the inaugural Word on the Street Tough Mudder Charity Challenge here in St. Louis, April 30th. I've got a dear friend here in St. Louis. His name is Jeff Combs. He's a former Marine. He's a wounded veteran. He's paralyzed from the waist down. He spent several years struggling with his life, what he was going to do. And then after kind of coming out of depression, coming out of the struggles, he realized, you know what? I want to help other wounded veterans who felt the way that I felt. So he started a nonprofit called Battle Buddy Three Three Gun. He takes wounded veterans, specifically paralyzed veterans, on shooting drills um, where they can go and they can hold the weapons and they can shoot targets and they do it together. And it creates a community, creates Mm -hmm. some hope and some vision. And I want to raise money uh, to help him out with these wounded veterans. So we're going to compete in the Tough Mudder. It's nine miles, 30 obstacles, but you don't have to. You can come for the weekend. We're going to have a great time. It's April the 29th through May 1st, but we're also going to be raising money for uh, for Battle Buddy 3-Gun. We'll have a link where you can just donate directly. So if you didn't want to come or be a part of the Tough Mudder, you don't have to be, but we want to raise money for that. I'm very excited about that. So a lot, a lot of good things going on. A lot of, a lot of fun awesome. stuff happening. Congratulations. That, that's a lot of really good things in, in the works. And and I know you had mentioned earlier about, you know, well, what if it's somebody's, you know, scared to get involved in, you know, logistics or creating content in the logistics world? This is yeah. exhibit A of why you should because you get <laughs> to talk to so many smart people and yeah. stay curious and, and continue your, your learning evolution. Well, and the truth is this event might fall flat on its face. We might not raise any money. Uh, this podcast, nobody might watch it. Who knows? But you know what? You got to try. You got to get out right. there and figure it out. And that's what I'm excited about. So by the way, if you want to know more information about this event, just go to betaconsultinggroup.com forward slash events. You'll see all the details there. You can register for the race. You can register just to come in for the weekend. And then soon we're going to have a donation link on there so you can donate directly to Battle Buddy 3 Guns. So I'm very excited about that. But I didn't think we were talking about that, but you know, sometimes it happens. We're a little <laughs> over. Hope nobody cared about that. But again, Blythe, great having you on. Congrats on all your success. And thanks for the friendship. Just love knowing you and love learning from you and, uh, and seeing you do your thing. Thank you. Likewise, congratulations on the, on the inaugural show, and I'm looking forward to more, especially with the episode with Kyle tomorrow because he's um, you have to give him you have to give him some crap about being an FSU fan and a Jaguars fan. Oh, always, I always give him that. He was <laughs> telling on Word in the Street one time. He said that you know they sell beanies, uh, Florida State beanies. I'm like, why would they do that in Tallahassee? They don't do that. Like that school is stupid. Like what are they doing? I don't know. But anyways, all that said, Bly, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Look forward to having you back on the show, and uh, everybody else. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. 
If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.